Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. There is a new a documentary that's out called I Dream of Singapore. It's going to be aired tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow at the uh, projector in Beach Road. I'm very happy to have Dan Coe on, who is the producer. Uh, Dan, good morning and welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. And, and uh, you know, this is a, a very interesting uh, documentary I saw. I haven't seen the documentary, but I saw the trailer uh, yesterday. Tell us, what is the basic story of this movie? Sure. So, I Dream of Singapore is an observational documentary, meaning that, you know, don't expect uh, traditional sit-down interviews. Mm. And we really want to immerse the audience in the realities of what it's like to be a Bangladeshi migrant worker, i.e. a construction worker in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through a fly-on-the-wall kind of experience, you see how it's like for them to, for example pay about $15,000 on average Singapore dollars to come to Singapore in order to work uh, for really low sums. It's that much, 15 k yeah. huh? An average, wow. yeah, yeah, to and, uh, and support their families. And this particular protagonist in this uh, has a an injury, mm. a life-threatening injury. And then what happens, without giving any spoilers away, but, mm. but th- so then he's stuck in Singapore and, and with this injury, not mm. able to work? Yeah, so one of our main protagonists, his name is Feroz. Mm. Um, he was uh, injured on a construction site and denied medical treatment by his employer. So uh, NGO here called Transient Workers Count 2, mm. or short form TWC2, uh, they stepped in and they put him up in their shelter. So what happens in the documentaries, you see Feroz waiting for treatment and justice, really. And this quite unexpected and moving bond starts to blossom between Feroz, the injured migrant worker, and uh, his social worker, whose name is Ethan. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've followed... Uh, the genesis of this story for a while because I've supported TWC2s for years. In fact, did you notice, Glenn, on one of my book covers, I'm wearing a TWC2 t-shirt. I did not know Which that. I hide under my shirt because it was a political statement and you can get into oh. trouble for making political statements on book covers. So I was very pleased to see this documentary come to light. What was the initial inspiration for it? Was it his story or was it just something that you guys wanted to get involved with for a long time? How did it come about? We were initially approached by uh, Glenn Gui, who's mm. the theatre and film director. Of course. Glenn is a production company called Tiger Tiger Pictures and he wanted to start this uh, multi-part feature documentary series on marginalised voices in Fantastic. Southeast Asia. So when he approached a director, Lai Yuan Pin, Yuan Pin and I were already aware of TWC2 and we were most keen to, to explore their work and their beneficiaries, the stories of their beneficiaries. But I think we were also very surprised because we filmed this over two years mm. and we thought we knew TWC2 and we thought we knew mm. the realities for migrant workers here. But it was even more eye-opening than we imagined, especially because we went to Bangladesh to shoot part of this documentary. Yeah, and, and you uh, shoot part of it at the shipyards, the shipbreaking yards, which some of that footage is just, you know, it, it, it couldn't be further away from what we know here in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at this, what what were sort of the, the key takeaways that, that you as a producer or uh, as the director found? You know, what did you learn about this film, about the, the migrant workers who are here in Singapore? Mm, for me personally, I think, you know, as a producer... I guess we are obliged to think about money and there is this common myth in, in Singapore and developed countries that migrant workers 
on average, manage to save up enough and then have a very cushy life back home. <laughs> but uh, going there and seeing uh, Feroza's village and traveling around Dhaka and things like that, I think I really learned that the fact is they need to leave their country because there are hardly any opportunities for even these university graduates. Most of the construction workers here have a diploma or university right? back yeah. home. Mm. And also once, once they go back, if they're lucky enough to go back, you know, as if they're lucky enough to save up enough uh, for their families and then after maybe 10, 15 or more years go back home. The fact is that unless they are really influential back home or they have an influential connection, it's actually very easy for the savings to be to, to support the village and to support, you know, not only their family but their extended family and mm. the village. So it's really hard to actually start a better life back in Bangladesh. Yeah, speaking with Dan Ko, who's the producer of I Dream of Singapore, a documentary that is going to be airing uh, tomorrow at the projector on Beach Road. There's going to be another screening, I believe, on the 19th of January as well at uh, 3, 3 p.m.? Uh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, I believe the, the screening for tomorrow is already sold out. It is, yeah. We're really uh, honored because this is, will be our third rescreening after world premiering at the Singapore International Film Festival. Brilliant. So it's been selling out quite quickly. So Great. the tickets for the January 19th screening, uh, they will be out soon. So if you like, you know, we'll put it on our Facebook and uh, yeah, you could buy it before it sells out, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I'd like as many Singaporeans to watch it as possible because mm. you've mentioned the Bangladeshi side of it, how the situation for the migrant workers back home. But I'd like to focus a little bit on the situation for migrant workers here. And I'm glad that you focused on the life-threatening injury of, of your main protagonist because some of the reading and work I did with TWC2 in the past, they don't get, they get very little protection when it comes to injuries, right? Work-related injuries. What were some of your takeaways from that? Mm. I mean, to be fair, when, when, uh, when we spoke to the migrant workers, they prefer coming to Singapore. Of course, of Because course, legally yeah. speaking, yeah. there is actually more protection than mm. some, some countries. But in cases where there are bad seat employers, it is still kind of depressingly common how often uh, certain employers can get away with not providing treatment. So, for example, Feroz was uh, pierced in his stomach by a metal blade uh, on, on the construction site. And because the entry was really small, but then it ruptured his internal organs, the wound didn't look that bad. Right. So his employer uh, felt like he was malingering right. and so denied him treatment. And as a result, he almost died. Um, so I think... You know, the powers that be, perhaps they are trying and there's a lot of uh, ground-up movements, NGOs and such that are supporting um, these workers and trying to correct this injustice. But I think, you know, for me, like the title of the documentary, I Dream of Singapore, is also about dreaming about a better reality, not only for the workers, but for us as hosts yeah, it's to a great treat title. these people better. Does Singapore have, uh, it's my understanding that Singapore is a little bit stricter on some of the rules that help to govern the transit you know, workers, the foreign workers that come here versus maybe other countries in the region. Did you, did you guys look into the, the, the laws and the, and the sort of procedures for making sure that these guys get paid? Or uh, as you mentioned in your documentary, this, this fellow didn't receive the medical care he needed. Is Singapore any better or worse than other countries in the region for that? Mm, yeah, we did research and, and I mean, the NGO and TWC too, they were very helpful in sharing their own independent research as well. I think suffice it to say that 
Singapore legally is in a better position than certain neighbouring countries. Mm. But to me, that's not any consolation because we are still far from perfect. And this is not to criticise Singapore. It's really that yeah, we so can do much better. Yeah, reflection of reality. But it, I'm interested, if there are greater protections in place, and we know that they are, how, therefore, do bad seed, as you put it, bad seed employers get away with it? Is it, is it because the migrant worker is, is not always aware of their rights and are reluctant to speak up? Is that, is that the issue? The part of it is that, mm. you know, they may not even know that they are legally protected because they transit to Singapore through migration agencies and not every migration agency is uh, honest either. Yeah, reputable. Yeah. 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 So they may not be briefed on their rights. You know, it depends on uh, the employer that they go to. You know, for example, if they are, they have to stay with the employer, as in, you know, stay in the employer's dormitory, then sometimes they lead quite secluded lives. And it depends on their social circle as well, on whether or not they, they are aware of their rights that they really do have here. Yeah, it depends on a lot of things. And I do think there are a lot of outreach efforts also now that help them. Yeah, thank, uh, thanks. Uh, talking with Dan Ko, the producer of I Dream of Singapore, uh, airing it initially at the uh, projector on the 5th of January, but uh, that one is sold out. There will be another one on the 19th of January, and a film that every Singaporean and every expat and anyone living here should see so that we have a little bit more understanding what all these foreign workers that go through who are here building the city, cleaning the city, making it a better place for all of us. I couldn't agree more. I mean, what were some of the uplifting stories? I'm sure there were. It's a very heartfelt documentary. So what were some of the uplifting stories you, you found on your journey? For me, the most uplifting ones were of course, you know, you go to Bangladesh and then you see success stories, you know. So it can, people still do keep coming to Singapore to work because sometimes you do get a success story. But for here in Singapore, for me, the most heartening stuff were um, encountering the cultural contributions of the migrant workers. Hmm. So, for example, we documented the Migrants Band Singapore, who are a group of, you know, musician migrants who on Sunday... Uh, gather and play like uh, Bengali pop and folk songs. Mm. Um, and also um, there's a whole Bangladeshi poetry movement here of uh, construction workers who, you know, used to write poetry back home. And um, here, you know, after working for six days on Sunday, they come together and share their poetry, mm. you know, at places like the Migrant Workers Poetry Competition and things like that. So to see them express themselves, even if, you know, I personally, because I don't speak Bengali, understand everything. But to just hear the music or the poetry, that was, that was wonderful. And it's really happy. Wonderful. Dan, there are so many misconceptions about the foreign workers that, that come to Singapore. Uh, you know, they're dangerous. They're going to rob you. They're going to, you know, attack your women and children, you know, whatever it is, right? What did you find was maybe the biggest misconception that, that might have changed in your mind or that you hope will be changed in the minds of people that watch this film mm. about the foreign workers who are, who are right here in Singapore? Well, I think for me, because this documentary focuses on the Bangladeshi migrant community, uh, maybe I'll speak on just that because sure, you know, there's course. so many different communities here. From Bangladeshis, I mean, you know, there's that stereotypical quite pejorative term called Bangla and I think sometimes in you know certain households or something they, it's um, quite a racist term in that you know it's associated with being dirty or uncool or uneducated and you know these Bangladeshi friends that we meet you know they are 
the most clean, hygienic people, even if they are working in, you know, garbage disposal. Of course. Because they're, they're Muslims and there's a high standard of hygiene. Most of them are pretty highly educated, you know. Of course, there's some from the villagers who don't get an opportunity for education as well. And they're actually not unfriendly at all. They're actually the sweetest, uh, most generous mm. people. So when we were there, we were put up um, by the uh, injured worker for Rosa's family. And despite, you know, being povertized, they were just insisted on serving us like the best dishes. They have nothing you know? and yet they're so generous and exactly. appreciative yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, a real hope with uh, this documentary is to, to encourage Singaporeans to treat migrant workers with more visibility, if you will. You know, just speak to the, the cleaner downstairs, for example. You'll be surprised. Well, that was going to be my question, actually, that Louis uh, Ng, who's the MP for Ni Sun, uh, he's a friend of mine. He d- he's done a wonderful thing around all these housing estates in Ni Sun. He has put up uh, pictures uh, and names of all of the cleaners, the HDB cleaners around the housing estate who tend to come from Bangladesh and, and that part yes. of Asia. The, their names, their family background, if they have any children in their home country, so that the neighbours and the residents can to talk to the guys, you know, talk to the guys, say, hey, how's your kids back home? How's your wife? How's this? How's that? That's the, is that the key, I think, that to, put a, to put a name and an identity to the face rather than just have this, well, they've been called the invisible people. Would that be the takeaway for you, for Singaporeans? Would, what would you want Singaporeans to really take away from this documentary? I think humanizing and empathizing is the first step, mm. you know, to treat each other like human beings. But I think it also must be followed up with more concrete action, if you will, whether it's, you know, like political or legal or activist kind of uh, push. I guess my hope is really that, my hope is quite small, I think, is to allow Singaporeans in a way to immerse themselves in what it's really like to be a Bangladeshi migrant worker. And hopefully from there, you know, it's a, it's their journey, on, on their, the viewer's own journey on where they want to go. But at least, you know, try to appreciate all the sacrifices that um, these workers have made to build our country. Mm. The film is called I Dream of Singapore. It's a documentary. The director, Yuan Bin, executive producer, Glenn Goe, and our thanks to Dan Ko, the producer who's been with us today. And, and Dan, uh, people can look forward to seeing some tickets available for the 19th of January showing on your Facebook page. Is that correct? Yeah, which is also called I Dream of Singapore. Great. Thanks for being with us today on Money FM. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.